We hold these truths to be self-evident that black women deserve to be treated as equals because working twice as hard is literally killing us. No, no, see, I'll take the soft life over an early grave any day. Black women take heed for it is in prioritizing our well-being that we can truly live abundantly and break the age old habit of putting everyone else before ourselves. We shall no longer give into the toxicity of the strong black woman narrative, multiple streams of peace. That is our new mantra. Let's heal through centering ourselves. Let's resist through centering ourselves. Let's grow through centering ourselves and let's display self-love through centering ourselves. You, divine queen, have every right to center yourself. Welcome to MJ and the Word podcast. I am MJ McConnor. And I'm the Word, BJ Word to be exact. And we are welcoming you to a space of spoken word, unspoken issues, and collective healing. Ladies, let's roll. That's it oh right my here. God. Collective healing, that's the key. That's what it is. It, as if I have to say it, okay, but obviously our topic for today is centering ourselves. Girl, you brought that. You <laughs> brought that. I'm like almost in tears. That's the yeah. depth of your words. Thank you for that. You know what inspired it? I think just having lived this myself and then seeing countless Black women. I mean, we are just working ourselves to the bone. And we, we put ourselves on the back burner all the time. We're always looking out for everybody else. Oh, let me make sure my family's good. Make sure work is prioritized. And we always put ourselves last. Not always, but uh, oftentimes we do that. And so I just felt like, you know what? Nah, I'm gonna speak on some of this. Like this whole working twice as hard and, yes. and, and you know, all the other stuff that it's been so ingrained in us. Like, oh, you have to do this. You, it's like, no, you can put yourself first. You can take exactly. a rest. Exactly. And I, and I feel you not wanting to use the absolutes of always, never, whatever, but I'm gonna go with always, MJ. Like we, it's like we always <laughs> are putting ourselves last and on the back burner. And there is some type of guilt with, yeah taking that time that comes along with taking the time that you need for yourself. And this goes across the board, okay? It doesn't matter if you're a wife, if you're single, if you're a single mom, if you have kids, you're single with no kids, we all do it. It's like we've bought into some type of narrative that burned out, overwhelmed, stressed out, dragged, okay, doing everything for everybody else somehow means that you are the best mother, the best daughter, the best woman that, oh, she just runs herself crazy for everybody else. That is not an award I want. No, not at all. And you know what I think it is? You kind of touched on this a little bit, but a lot of it is like this generational, like teachings that we've been handed down. And somebody said that, I can't think of her name. Um, I know our uh, former colleague of Bars, um, she mentioned this to me that, you know, I'm, I'm going to go here. Uh, ever since Black women were brought to the U.S., our job has always been to look out for everybody else. And I was like, mm, we going there? Okay, we going there. Um, and when she went there, I was like, it's so true, though. When you think about it, it goes back decades and generations of just this whole narrative of having to prioritize everyone else's mm -hmm. needs and like I just reached a point where I was like you know what no I, I, it's okay to rest and I think a lot yes. of us are finally seeing the importance of rest because if we don't guess what our bodies will tell us when it's time they it will shut down absolutely <laughs> absolutely and getting a little bit personal um when you talk about that something that I believe you said to me a few weeks ago was embrace rest like, yeah. and I had not even thought of it that way. I mean, we're both career women. We, we both have so much going on. I'm a therapist. I spend the majority of my days telling other people to take care of themselves, okay? So when it was time for my body to say, you know what? 
you're a liar because you're sitting up, you're a hypocrite because you're sitting up here telling all these other people to take care of themselves. You haven't been doing a good job, so I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to shut down for a few days. Mm -hmm. I'm going to send your blood pressure way up. Mm -hmm. I'm going to knock you on your back a little bit. And it was difficult for me, even in that, to mentally embrace, okay, BJ, you just, you just need to rest. You just, you just got to rest. So when you said those two words together, like embrace rest, like, okay, I need to just wrap, wrap rest like a hug. Like, this is my friend. This is not something that I have to feel guilty about doing or feel frustrated because I have to do, because a lot of us go through that. We get sick mm -hmm. now, because it's the only, the only way we're going to rest, honey, is when we sick, all right? And then we're frustrated because we're sick. All right. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, you know what, let me take this time to figure out what's going on with my mind and my body. Let me figure out how to get back to center because something is off center. That's why I'm not feeling well. Right. Yeah. And literally, Mary, I was MJ. I was in the ER. I had to go to the ER because my blood pressure had gotten that high. I took my laptop with me so that I could work. Wow. Did you really? <laughs> I did. Oh I did. Your laptop BJ took, took my <laughs> took my laptop, my folders, yeah. everything to the ER, and because I figured I was gonna have to wait for a while, you know. So I'm like, let me take something to do, and um, you know, the ER people weren't going. It didn't it didn't work out like that. They were like, uh, no, ma'am, I just need you to lay in the bed and not do anything, you know. And I literally, my brother was there with me, and I literally said to him, I don't have time for this. I mm. I don't have time to be sick right now. I how crazy is that? Like, what, what you mean? What do you mean? And, you know, thank God for him. He, he just, he, he saw me with the backpack, but when, when we got, <laughs> he got in the back, he just took it, put it aside and put his uh, jacket on top of it. So I couldn't, you know, I was too out of it to even try to do anything, but just that mindset that I have to keep going. I have to keep going. I have to keep going. I think it is killing so many black women in a multitude of ways, not just physically, but spiritually, emotionally, it's killing us to have this mindset of that I can't, I can't stop. Yeah, it literally is. And um, I was reading an article the other day about different, you know, health conditions that we experience in comparison to some of our, you know, counterparts. I mean, you talked about high blood pressure, you know, heart issues, you, you name it, stress. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about stress for a minute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'll just give a personal example too. When the COVID-19 pandemic started, you know, that was stressful for a lot of people. And right. I think it's uh, especially stressful for people who had caregiver responsibilities in yes. addition to having work and all the other stuff. Yes. Um, so for me, I respond to stress by working harder, believe it or mm. not. <laughs> And it's kind of something you touched on a little bit when you talk about taking your laptop to the hospital. Yep. Talk I right there. Like, okay, let me, let me keep going. Don't lose momentum. And it just makes it worse. And then I'm a stress eater too. So I did gain, like, I gained like 30 pounds <laughs> in between uh, 2020 and now. Yeah. And, yeah. Me too. Me too. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, just, but it's interesting I don't know if other people respond that way when they're like stressed and feeling anxious. It's like, it's almost like you have to prove to yourself, like, okay, I can overcome this. So let me keep working hard. Push this, this fear and this stress and anxiety out of the way. And I'm just going to keep going. And, you know, it's almost like, a, um, you know how they say, if you go to the top of a building, you can get over your fear of heights. So I'm right. like, let me get over my fear of stress by taking on more, even though I'm already stressed. <laughs> it was just this weird toxic cycle that I couldn't break. And finally, I realized that I had this habit of taking on more mm -hmm. as like I'm trying to prove something to myself. Right. So hopefully that made sense. But uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, the question is, why? Why are we in this mode where we feel, because I, I believe a lot of women identify with that. That definitely kicked me in my stomach when you said it, okay? Mm -hmm. Feeling like I got to prove something to me. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I can, I can do this. I can do Well, sis, what if you can't? Yeah. What if I just can't right now? What does that say? Does that mean that I'm less of a woman? Does that mean that, you know, I'm, I, it's, does it speak to my character? Does, it, or what, does that just say I'm a human being? Occupying the space right now of being unable to do something. 
that's part of the human condition is having times where you're just not able to do something. So what is this innate thing <laughs> in us? And is it innate or is it taught? It is. To where we feel like I've got to prove to myself that no matter what, with, okay, I was at 178 over 120. Anybody listening to this or watching it on our in our YouTube uh, audience knows that this right on top of stroke level, right? Okay, so when you hit 180 over 120 with your blood pressure, they 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 consider you to be like in crisis for a stroke. So that's yeah. where I was. What is is that driving force for us to be there? For us to be having a fever of 103? For us mm -hmm. to you know have a terrible sinus infection? For us to be so stressed out and so overwhelmed? And, and instead of being able to say, maybe all of this is trying to tell me something mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that I need to sit down and chill out, we interpret that as, no, it means that you need to prove the work harder. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that is a narrative that we've accepted. I feel like it's age old and, oh, I'm going to go right here. All right. Because when we do that, who is it benefiting? Was that something that was taught to us by the people that's going to benefit from us constantly working like that? <laughs> Seriously, now, where did, where, did it, where did it really come from? Okay, I know a lot of this, you know, our mothers taught it to us, but, but somebody taught it to them. So, and somebody taught it to their mother. So, you know, how far back can we go where <laughs> this was something that was told to you? Oh, you're so strong. You can overcome this. Come on now. You can keep doing it. Of course, says the person that needs you to keep doing it. <laughs> and, and you touched on it. I, I want to go here. I talked about it in the piece I just read. Uh, that strong black woman narrative. I'm gonna tell you right now. I have. I. I. I do not like the strong black woman narrative for this very. Two thumbs reason. down. Do not recommend. Exactly. <laughs> Because it normalizes this idea that we have to always be, you know, strong all the time, working all the time. And I just think it, it, there is so much toxicity in this, this idea that we cannot take a break or that we cannot have, let our guard down from time to time or that we just can't rest. And so I, I actually presented at a conference, um, NASPA conference, for people who don't work in higher education, NASPA is specifically for, for student affairs professionals. Um, and I had a chance to co-present with some other Black women scholars in higher ed. And we talked specifically about the toxicity of the strong Black woman narrative for that very reason. Yes. And just how like the, the superhero com like not complex, but like the superhero expectations yeah. that are placed uh -huh. on us. Like, oh, you know, she's here to be this nurturing motherly figure. She's here to the rescue. And it's like, no, nah, I need somebody too. I need to talk too. I'm feeling right. like overwhelmed too, you know. So right. it's just the expectations that are placed on us. It's not always reciprocated. Like who's looking out for right. our being? And it has to be us. Exactly. And then, and then too, if we can get out of that, it, it won't always have to be us because you, you touched on two things. You said, you know, it's an expectation, but then you also use the word complex. And I totally agree. Mm -hmm. I, I call it superwoman syndrome, you know, because mm -hmm. it's, it's something that we have absolutely internalized is not just the expectation. It's also something that we feel like we have to live up to, you yeah. know? And so we go out here and we do it. And the truth of the matter is, Part of centering ourselves is learning who and what our significance is as just a human being on this earth, a God-created being taking up space, period. Yeah. I'm a human being, not a human doing. So Love part that. of centering me has got to be me unlearning, okay, mm -hmm. and retraining a lot of my own thoughts, checking my own thoughts and my own background, my own mental history, and, and accepting the idea that I'm still just as great. I'm still just as amazing. I'm still just as awesome if I'm sitting my ass over here on the couch resting, or if I'm out here doing a million things for you. I'm still the same. So I think that that is something that a lot of us have got. We got to get to the source of that internally first, <laughs> right? Because that's part of the centering is realizing that a woman's significance is not wrapped up just in being an awesome, amazing wife. 
her significance is not just in being a mother. Because when you start to think my significance is totally wrapped up in my children, then you're going to be that mom that's going to five extracurricular activities because mm -hmm. you feel guilty instead of just saying, hey, you pick one and you pick one. And that's all we're doing this semester, okay? There are so many women spreading themselves thin, okay? I heard a line in the movie that said, like butter scraped off too much bread, okay? They are spreading themselves thin. We are because we, a lot of times, I believe we have our significance attached to the wrong things. Yes. We have it attached to external stuff instead of attached to who we are internally. I'm just great because God made me, period. And that's okay. So that doesn't change if I'm laying in the ER and I can't respond to your freaking email. Okay? <laughs> I'm still <And> me. <laughs> sis, you touched on so many things. And you know what? Something that my dad used to say to me all the time just came to mind. And he talked about, you teach people how to treat you, right? Yeah. And the reason I bring that up is because when we tell people, when we set that expectation, like, hey, look, it's time for me to look out for me. I need rest. I need a break. I need to take that opportunity to do some self-reflection, meditation, whatever it is. Then you know what? Other people, either they get on board or get off. If they not with, if they, if you have somebody in your life who does not understand the importance of you centering yourself and looking out for your own well-being, and they're like, well, no, you need to do this, then Bye. <laughs> That's how I feel about mm -hmm. it. That's another thing. Like mm -hmm. for you know, people that I used to work with, and you know, if they see this this new you, I guess you could say, for people mm -hmm. who don't typically center themselves, um, you know, they may not be receptive to it. They might be like, Well, you know, you always used to be a workhorse and you always used to do this. Now all of a sudden you change in and you become a diva <laughs> or you become okay. like this Madonna, like well, well, who do you think you are? you may have some of that. And you know what? You just say, you know, it is what it is. Like I have to take this opportunity to look out for myself because at the end of the day, nobody will look out for you the way you look out for you and the way God looks out for you. Absolutely. So there are going to be people around you who may not be receptive to you finally taking that initiative mm -hmm. to look out for you first. You know why though? Because I, it, it it puts responsibility back on them. <laughs> mm -hmm. So now, when I let, let, let's let's talk just for a second about a corporate America and whatever that looks like for people. Okay, so mm -hmm. let me let me explain this. You can be working in any type of job. We we we're gonna just call all of it corporate America. Okay. okay, wherever you work, okay, it's because a lot of times the private sector, the nonprofit, it still has a very corporate America feel. All right, so let, let, let's not sugarcoat it, okay, because of the, the work expectation that's put on you. But when you start to center yourself and you start to say, um, not going to be able to give y'all 120% anymore, because let's just be honest, Black women usually don't show up and give 100%. No, 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 no. We're going to show up and give you 120. We're going to give you 150. We're going to give you all that we have. And a lot of times, a lot of stuff that we don't have, we'll make it and bring it. When we start saying, no, I'm not going to do that. It's 10 people on this team. That means I'm going to bring 10% of the work. When we start doing that, you know what that means for those other nine people? I mean, they got to step up and they got to get to work. And yeah. so that's why I believe there is that, that issue or that pushback um, that you get from folks, especially in the workforce, but it may even be in your own home. You know, when you have to start to reteach people, you have to start to first accept responsibility. My bad. I taught y'all the wrong lesson about me. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. now I need to teach y'all a different lesson because I can't, I cannot function under that anymore. Um, it's where the rubber meets the road and it's where you are going to either be really accepted for who you are or you're going to be rejected because some people are going to have a problem with the fact that you're not doing everything that you used to do which means now they got to do their part but yeah. there is no like i said you know earlier there i don't want the award for doing other people's uh, work why <laughs> i don't want that because i mean and you brought up a good point too, like in terms of, you know, one of the things about taking the opportunity to look at yourself and say, okay, am I doing right by myself? 
you know, when you do right by yourself, then it's like, you know what, maybe I'm not doing right by others by being an enabler either. If I'm always doing the work and pulling the weight and trying to look out for everybody else, am I really doing other people favors? (laughs) So, you know, you kind of look at it from that perspective too. Like by looking out for myself, I'm actually also looking out for others as well, because I'm not operating on an empty tank anymore. Like I used to, because I'm trying to be all things. And then secondly, they're learning valuable skills and lessons you can do it too. You know, like we're all doing this as a collective. It's not just going to be the burden placed on us any longer. So I think that's important. I I think you, you hit on some, some good stuff there. And, you know, one of the things you were talking about was trying to be all things. And I can remember at the point in my life when I was struggling with, um, clinical depression, just bad. I mean, really, really bad. Uh, I would, you would never have been able to tell that, by my work ethic you would yeah. have been able to tell it by my presence at church you would not have been able to tell it by my volunteer efforts okay because I was still running at 120 percent all, all the time trying mm-hmm. to be all things to all people and feeling some kind of way when I didn't have anyone there for me you know and a lot of times we we say that but but if you nobody walks up to superwoman and asks her if she need help she look like she got it to me you know, so why would I, why would I do that? And, 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 and at my core, because this was a problem even for me in dating relationships, when I look back over the types of relationships that I was in with men, girl was not centered at all. I was, <laughs> was totally off balance because I was carrying that same mindset of if I just do all of the things, then I'm going to seem nice. I'm going to seem um, you know, agreeable is I'm going to seem like I'm submitted and I'm just, I'm going to seem like the star student and all across the board. If I just do everything that is asking me and do a lot of things that are not asking me and make sure that everybody is taking care of me while I'm suffering, I am struggling. The other person is really not doing well because I'm enabling them. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is not a relationship because we ain't relating. I'm, I'm just, it's really a mentorship. Okay, it, it's really charity work on my part. Right? And at the end of the day, I had to get to the core of what was going on inside of me. And this is not everybody's issue, but I know um, some people can identify with having the need to be needed. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, that's something that is, is, is prevalent amongst a lot of Black women. Like, get to the core of, do you have a need to, for people to need you? You know, do you have a need? Is that why you're enabling folks? Is because you need people to be able to lean on you? And if that's true, why does it have to be based on what you're doing? Again, instead of just being based on who you are. So I think part of centering is just saying, you know what, I'm enough. Mm -hmm. Just me, just me, just my personality, just me going out, hanging out with this guy and I'm laughing and he laughing and we're enjoying each other's company. I am enough. I don't have to turn around and now try to make sure that I do all of these things and buy him something and do this and plan this and go over here and do that just because my presence is, is enough. And, and I think a lot of us don't have the self-worth that we post POST on, on social media to have. Uh-uh. Um, because yeah. when you have that, it, it's, it's easier for you to get back to center when you're all centered because you part of that is realizing, you know what? I'm enough. Mm-hmm. The work I do at work is enough. I don't have to bring my, okay, this was just a few weeks ago, y'all. This is something that, you know, MJ and I are working through our issues, right? While we helping other people. Right. I don't have to bring my laptop in the freaking ER because my work ethic stands for itself when I'm there, exactly. you know? And if y'all can't exist without me while I go take care of my health, then this is not an organization. It's a cult and I need to get out. Okay. So that's something that we all have to accept is that whatever organization you're part of, whatever entity you're part of, even if it's your family, they can and they will survive without you, okay? Mm -hmm. You may be a needed entity there, but let that just be because of of the love that you provide, the, the emotional support that you provide, just who you are as a woman, not because you do 50,000 things. Love that. Yeah. You know what? And one thing you said that uh, I didn't necessarily think about before we started talking is how centering yourself is tied into self-worth. And I mean, for me, I guess now I'm thinking about it like, oh, 
yeah, ding, light bulb going off. Like, yes, it's very much a correlation between the two. And one thing I would add for people who are thinking like, okay, well, how can I start centering myself, become more focused on me? You got to learn to love being alone. Like at, at some point, like if you're always, you know, you have to be around people at all times, you have to be serving people at all times, helping people then you're never going to really get to know who you are, right? Like you have to learn to love your own company. Um, and and that's something I, yeah, and I'm an only child. So that's always been a little bit easier for me, I'll be honest. Um, because I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm in my room talking to myself, playing with my dolls, whatever, growing up. Um, but I think a lot of people, they don't realize that they don't always, they don't always enjoy time with themselves or just saying mm-hmm. let me just meditate let me go for this walk alone um out in the the park or wherever you want to go um because there are people who always have to be around other people and I always felt like well how can you really get to know who mm. you are that's good what you value like your identity that's if you good. never really have time to center yourself and just be at peace with being yourself yeah exactly that is so good that is so important something that you said reminded me of 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 something that I say often to people in terms of mental health Mm -hmm. the inside of your mind should feel like home the inside of your mind should feel like a safe space and it's not a safe space for everybody and I'm not even talking about people who you know, just people who struggle with mental illness. I, I've walked that road, so I understand that battle. But I'm just talking about just in general. For mm-hmm. a lot of folks, silence is is maddening. Yeah. And some of us are so mean to ourselves internally that the inside of our mind, it is not home. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel at home. It doesn't feel at peace. It doesn't feel comforting. It's, it's your best friend ain't in here. For a lot of us, okay? And, and I forgot, some people can't see us. I'm tapping my head, y'all, okay? So the inside of, of your, 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 everybody's best friend is not on the inside of their mind and it, it should be, it absolutely mm-hmm. should be. And for a lot of us, it's not. And so that's why um, some people are always around other folks. And let me make something clear. You talked about having that time alone. Y'all, if you are having your quote unquote alone time and you are scrolling on Facebook, you are not by yourself. Yeah, social media that we could do a whole podcast episode on yes. interactions that come with that and just constantly bombard it. Yeah. If yeah. you're on Instagram, if you're on Twitter and TikTok, you have invited a trillion, <laughs> that's my favorite word, okay? You have invited a trillion strangers into your space. Uh-huh. into your life you have invited all of their opinions okay in now you're having conversations whether you want to or not it doesn't matter if you post something or it, does, it doesn't matter if you make a comment you're still conversing with all of these different people because you're reading all of their thoughts okay that is not a long time sis so if that's all that you can do to be alone you need to i need you to go back to the drawing board okay because a long time means you actually sitting and thinking about what what you're thinking about. Mm -hmm. Pay attention Mm -hmm. to your own thought process, your own patterns. That's how I learned that I had a need to be needed was Mm. sitting down thinking about, okay, what's going on on the inside of my own mind? You know what I'm saying? Like, do I always have to, like you said, why am I always gotta be serving? I'm serving in a million different areas. Why? Um, And and some of these thoughts, these things that we have, been taught and I know we're gonna go into this in, a, in another episode and I can't wait but some of these things that have been ingrained in us about <laughs> basically being slaves <laughs> basically volunteering to death or that it somehow you know makes you closer to God if you you know serve in 50 areas at the church um and and, and, and you're not as close to him if you're sitting at home just sitting in his presence okay yeah we're gonna talk about that but going down that that path um starting to try to figure out unravel my own ball of yarn in my in my head to figure out what are my thoughts yeah where where is this coming from 
are you the type of person that daydreams a lot? Do you feel like you always got to escape from the present moment? Are mm-hmm. you a, do you always think in the future? Okay, that's anxiety. Are you living in the past too much? Do you mm-hmm. have a problem staying in the moment? Sometimes people, you're neurodivergent. Sometimes mm-hmm. people cannot even, they don't know that because they're just chugging along, pressing through, pressing through, pressing through, pressing through. When if you spend that time by yourself, you will pay attention to the fact that your thoughts are jumping all over the place. That's why I'm about to go get the test. Right. That's <laughs> like, right. you know, I'm noticing some things about me. But how are you going to notice those things about yourself? How can you self-correct? How can you self-improve? How can you get to a place where you feel better if you're not paying attention to where you are right now and you're not going to be able to pay attention to that until you're spending that time alone, like you said? Mm -hmm. It's so important. It is. And you know what? One thing I thought about too, as we were talking, like even for people who aren't into like yoga and, and, you know, even if you're not spiritual, I mean, it's so much we can learn from those different practices. And like, Mm -hmm. I know certain cultures focus a lot on like, just being still like, like meditation and just clearing your thoughts. And I know for me, I ain't even gonna hold you up. Y'all, I struggle with yoga and I struggle with anything where I have to sit <laughs> and just clear my mind. Um, but you know, with practice and time, you can really, it's it's almost like a muscle. You learn how to work it. Like, yeah. so you start out saying, okay, I'm a focus and just be at peace and clear my mind for one minute today. And mm-hmm. then build it up two minutes and then you could be yeah. meditating for a whole hour. But I just feel like, you know, some of the different things we can learn from these different practices that are essentially, when you think about it, yoga is focused on kind of centering yourself because, yeah. you know, you hear the instructor saying like, clear your mind, mm-hmm. you know, don't think about anything else, remove all distractions. So you are focused on you in that very moment. Yeah. So I think it's so many different ways we can do it. We don't always think about like, how can we center ourselves? Right. And it's just, it's so many examples out there and, and, and people doing it. It's just, we have to stop long enough to say, oh, okay, let me start doing this. <laughs> yes, yes. And, yeah. and you know, for those that are, that are listening, this is something that really can be done. Don't, don't overthink it. Okay. Right. I, I know all my, my fellow Virgos just went, what? What do you mean? Yeah. Don't overthink it, y'all. <laughs> That's what we do. Don't overthink it. This is something that can be done for 10 minutes in your office. Okay. If you're in a cubicle and you don't have a private space, get up and go sit in your car. You know, just don't turn the radio on. A lot of times, even when I'm driving, of course, I can't close my eyes and I can't fully meditate. But a lot of times when I'm driving, I don't turn on any music. Mm-hmm. I'll just drive all the way home one time I drove all the way from Memphis to Atlanta and before I without even trying I had not turned on any music no podcast no no radio at all and that's that's the whole drive (laughs) you know and I it it was just me being alone with my thoughts Mm -hmm. and it wasn't a moment where I was able to clear my mind of course because you know you stay focused on the road and all of that but I was able to just really pay attention to what I'm thinking about. I was able to um, check some of my negative thoughts, some of my fears, some of my, you know, these, these thoughts of doom and gloom that sometimes come. These thoughts that I have to, if I'm not doing it, it's not going to get done right. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the, all right. Ladies, that's a trap. Okay. That's a trap. That is a trap. Somebody else can do it, sis. Yes, they can. All right. It may not be exactly as you would want it, but have some flexibility. Okay. Somebody else can do it. And so I was able to challenge those, those thoughts of, you know, I've got to be in control of this or it's going to mess up and it's going to be terrible. No, I was able to challenge that thinking of, of perfectionism. You know what I'm saying? Of, of it's got to be perfect. No, it doesn't. It just got to be good enough. You don't have to be perfect. All of that was part of this journey that I'm on of uh, centering myself, you know, and so being able to just spend those moments without the radio, without social media, without, you know, uh, TV going or whatever. Um, it's just something that do it whenever you can, you know what I'm saying? If you can't make it to a yoga class, you can't, you know, cause sometimes we end up overthinking things and we procrastinate. So you sit up here and going too far thinking about which is the best app that you need to download so you can start meditating 
And just start with what you got. Okay, you may not have an app. You may just have uh, 10 minutes in your office to shut the door and just not um, look at any emails, not respond to anybody and where you just sit at your desk and close your eyes and just have a moment to yourself. Some of us need to start centering. You can't even go that far as meditating. You're not even stopping for lunch. You're not even eating. Come on, or using PTO. Can we go there? <laughs> Use the PTO. <laughs> Let's go there. Let's go there. You're not even using your sick days. <laughs> you're not using your PTO that you earned. You're not, you know, you're just working yourself to pieces. So, you know, sit in the car. If you know the kids are in the house, don't get the garage yet. They sit out in the driveway. They're not looking out there. They're on their devices. Okay. So sit out there for a few minutes. And so it's, it's something that you got to figure out um, how to do. And, and it's always best to start somewhere, start in an imperfect place instead of um, never starting in a perfect place. Okay. Right. Waiting on the situation to be perfect. Um, and before you get started on it, just start with what you have and where you are. Yeah, I agree. And you know what? I think it's important to, we kind of talked about others as well and how they can like kind of help, you know, you center yourself. I mean, if you have siblings, if you have a spouse, if you have children, get them on board too. Like, look, I'm about to, you know, go sit outside for 10 minutes and, you know, I'm gonna make this a daily habit. You know, after a while, your kids will be like, hey, you didn't go sit outside for 10 minutes today. You know, like they'll hold you accountable. Like you're not taking care of yourself like you're supposed to, or you're not centering yourself. So I think that's another thing too, when you, you bring people on board, like, hey, look, going back to you teach people how to treat you mm -hmm. also teach people like okay this is a part of my habit this is a part of who I am now this is my identity yes prioritizing this and so you know people see that and they'll right. respond to it accordingly like okay all right well we're on board and like I said the people who aren't on board okay whatever but the people who truly support you will get it and they, they will. will hold you accountable and, and help you along the way on that journey. Yes, know? yes, they will. It, 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 is, it is so interesting how people put so much, you know, blame off on, and, and, you know, disclaimer, I don't have any children, but people put so much off on my kids, my kids, my kids, my kids, when kids can be taught anything, like they are sponges. And if you teach them, hey, I need you to look at this timer and for five minutes, don't come in here. Okay. Uh -huh. When the timer goes off, that's the real itty bitty ones. You can teach them that. I mean, I used to teach pre-K. I know that you can teach children to sit down and be quiet. You absolutely can. I used to do it all the time. So, you know, I know it may be difficult depending on people's situations, but it's not impossible. So you can teach those around you you know, that this is who I am as a person, because believe it or not, you taught them what they're doing right now. That's what we don't want to accept. You taught them that you were the person that's never going to take any time for yourself. You taught that to your boss. When you accepted those phone calls, okay, guilt, I'm guilty. You accepted those phone calls at, 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 or that text message at 2 a.m. and you responded. You got up and sent that email at 6 a.m. and you know you don't start working until 8.30. Um, when you took on two, two, three different projects without saying anything and not doing, you know, when you, when you sat up there and you, you work your 40 hours a week and you come home and you cook all the meals and you do everything for the kids and you make sure the house is clean and you never say anything about it. You don't ask anybody to help you. You don't set any standards or any goals. You are teaching them. You taught them that I am superwoman. I can do all of this and I will do it all. And so many of us, we, we do that and we hold it in until we end up either exploding or imploding, okay? Um, or we get to a place where we got a bad attitude, now we're mean and nobody knows why. And it's really not that sis is a mean, awful person. Sis, sis is overwhelmed. <laughs> She's overwhelmed. She's stressed out. And so if you taught them through this long journey uh, how to treat you and it's not beneficial, then you can teach them something else. So that's just something that you got to accept. You taught the kids to do whatever they're doing. So you can teach them to do something different. Yeah. 
I, you know? I wholeheartedly agree. And you talked about unlearning too. And that's just as important. Like you learn certain habits and skills and you learn certain behaviors. You, you can unlearn it too. Uh, it, absolutely. I mean, process, but you can. absolutely. You absolutely can. And you said something in your spoken word piece that was so profound. Just a couple of words when you said resist by centering ourselves. Mm -hmm. That is part of the resistance is, is saying, I, I'm, I'm rejecting these thoughts and these yep. behaviors that are really not serving me. It's, it's exactly. part of saying, you know, that part of that resistance is, you know what, okay, I bought into this and I realized that this is not what I want to do. This mm -hmm. is not working out for me. <laughs> I'm too stressed out. I'm not happy. My health is really not good. I need to go in a different direction. That is part of the resistance is standing mm -hmm. up and saying, yeah, this is the way that it's been done for many years. This is the way that it's expected of me, but I'm mm -hmm. doing something else. Exactly. And, and I just wholeheartedly believe that starts with self. It starts with rejecting and, and resisting that urge to continue going down a path that does not serve you just because that's what you're used to doing. You got to start that internally. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I'll tell you, like for me, just talking to you right now, this has been really therapeutic almost. I know technically, you know, you are not, <laughs> this is not any, I know you have the disclaimer, like I am not giving any, any therapy <laughs> session right, right. on this. Um, but, you know, just having this conversation and thinking about, you know, how we can, best support each other too as black women to make sure we're looking out for ourselves and each other to say and remind each other like make sure you you look out for yourself sis like rest take take time to do something that brings you joy focus on you as well um and so for me it's good having this conversation because it does serve as a reminder like yeah you know yeah. what we're talking about it for other people but I got to make sure I'm living this too like I can't be right. talking about it and not doing it so right yeah this is this is definitely needed for me right now. So thank yes, you. <laughs> me too. Me too. It's definitely just as therapeutic for me because you can't be telling people to center themselves from the right of the page. You you far right or, or you're far left or you at the bottom. Okay. And you're trying to tell people to center themselves. I mean, you can scream that all you want to, but it makes much more sense if you're a living example of it and if you're demonstrating it. And you know, it's not all it's not about getting right all the time. Like I said, I was dragging my laptop into the ER. And the, the words that you spoke, embrace rest right now. You can't, this is what you got to do. It helped me to get into a frame of mind of saying, okay, you know what? For the next three days, I'm not doing anything. This is just, just what it is. You know what I'm saying? And some of us, I've had times in the past where I woke up and I had this long list of things that I was going to do on a Saturday after seeing so many clients and being so drained and dealing with all the stuff, the other things, okay, of life. And I'm like, you know, I got this long list of stuff I need to do on a Saturday. Wake up on Saturday and my body's like, no, mm -hmm. I don't want to. No, I just want to sit here. And not even in that, getting the rest that I deserved, that mm -hmm. I'm due, because mentally all day long is this battle. Hey, you know, you need to get up and do. Ah, you're so lazy. Like, you can't just lay here all day long. Why are you going to just sit here? What? How come I can't? Why not? Why can't I just sit here all day long? And so part of centering myself for me, even when I'm sick, is the, the things that, you know, I'm saying it to myself in my mind. Like, okay, you know what, BJ Word? We're not doing anything today. And that's all right. That's all right. You know, that's all right right there. I got a million things that I had said um that I wanted to do tonight after after you know we record and all of this and all that and I said you know what your body is saying that you need to just get some rest so mm -hmm. that's all right that's what I'm going to do exactly. so if you're because if your mind is not rested your body is not going to really be able to get the rest that it needs so you got to be you got to give it a fair chance Mm -hmm. And, you know, embrace that, embrace that mentally. That is the centering that we are talking about, y'all, is embracing that, that it is okay to stop. It is okay to take breaks. It is okay to not do anything. And please, please remember, balance, you don't find balance in life. 
have to create it. <laughs> Ooh, the myth of balance, Sonic. Listen. If there is any balance to be had, you have to create that. You remember those old school little balance beams when we were kids? Uh -huh. and you had to take the little things out of this side and until the scales are even. Okay, you're not finding balance. You were creating that. So I'm mm -hmm. just saying that to say that, you know, uh, uh, you can't sit there and wait and say, well, as soon as this happens, then I'm going to be able to do this. As soon as I get to this point, then I'm gonna, that point is never going to come. So even in the midst of whatever it is that you have going on, you've got to just take the time for yourself. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, I was I was sitting outside one day uh, at, at uh, a particular spot and I was in a rocking chair and I was just rocking back and forth, just enjoying the breeze. I needed some time to myself. And the sister walked by and she said, I wish I could do that. I wish I had time to do that. And I said, you do. You do. And she stopped and she said, you know what? You are so right. I said, yeah. I said, you, you, you're not going to find the time to sit out here in this chair. You have to make the time to sit out here in this chair. The time is there. I got the same 24 hours a day that you do. So don't, don't say you wish you could do that. You wish you had time to do that. You do have time. If you make the time, you can sit out here in the chair. She said, I'm going to take that to heart. I got to do better. I've got to do better. So it, it's a, a narrative of mm -hmm. a, a long story of, of, and that goes back to resisting the idea. Just reject that idea that you have to work in and always doing something. It's okay to just say, you know what? No, I'm going to take this time for me. And I feel like if, if People don't take anything away from it because <laughs> we talked on uh, so many different good points. I mean, we we touched on points that could be its own standalone episode, you know, uh, but it, if nothing else, it's like, just know that rest, you are doing something when you're resting. Yes. Like, like just because they're resting, they're not doing anything. No, you're doing something. You're looking out for you and, and it's perfectly okay to take that time for you. Yes. My therapist says, yes, y'all, I'm a therapist and I have a therapist, okay? That's a whole nother episode for another day because that's part of centering too. But my therapist says uh, resting is productive. Mm -hmm. It's productive. Without question. So if, honey, if you the type that you need to put that on your checklist, put it on there, okay? <laughs> Three o'clock to five o'clock. I'm not doing anything. So at least you can feel like, you need to feel like you're accomplishing something. You can check that off your list, okay? Because, you know, when you were just saying, rejecting this idea of, of always got to be working, always doing something, always going, y'all, I'm just saying, it sounds like a slave master talk, you know, <laughs> when, you, when you telling me, I need, and I'm not even comparing what we go through to what our ancestors went through, but that idea that I need to be out here from sun up to sundown, and I can't stop, and I can't take a break. That sound like some old master said to me. That's what that sound like it came from. Yeah, for me, I guess when I when I hear that, because you know, I am just for people, um, you know, I am in a interracial. Um, my husband is from another country as well, um, as far as relationship, and just looking at how they prioritize breaks and rests, you know, in other countries in America. It, you know, I just think about how we work ourselves to the bone all in the name of trying to get the American dream. Yep. And then I'm looking at these, these other nations and they're like, they have it built into their work schedules, uh, like in Spain, for example, where they, they get like a full hour and a half, two hours, a lot of companies and they, yes. some people go home and take naps. I'm like, that is yes. so dumb. Like, why can't we emulate that here? Right. Um, it, I think it's just because we have been taught this narrative um, that if you're not working, you're not productive. You have to always work in order to achieve a certain level of success. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, just the way we look at success too is, yes. is important. So mm -hmm. like you can be successful and take breaks. You can be successful and focus on yourself from time to time. You can be successful and use your PTO. Yes, you <laughs> Again, can. Use your PTO. <laughs> All of it. All yes. of it. Yeah, Do you so hear me? 
I don't roll over nothing unless it's me rolling over in the day. I'm not rolling over anything. You don't even have to worry. When they send that little email out, you don't have to worry about me. You ain't got to worry about me. My bank is going to be at zero, probably going to be in the negative, okay? Because I'm using all of mine. All of it. Every every sink down to the point. Oh, one, whatever hours I'm using all my PTO. Yeah. Use your PTO, people. They can they can make it without you. And if you you know you're a mom, especially if you're a single mom, yeah, take those kids to school and don't tell them that you're taking off. You call in that day, and and don't let that be a day for you to clean up. Just let that be a day for you to sit around, binge mm-hmm. watch your favorite shows, sit in the bathtub, do whatever it is that you want to do. You have all day long while the kids are at school. Even if you, you know, are married mom or whatever, or just single, no kids, whatever, use your PTO. <laughs> that is part yeah. of centering, you know, because trying to, just looking at this realistically, there are not enough hours in the day for us to commit 40 hours to a job. Mm-hmm. And most of us, you know, we the salaried exempt people who, who Lord, we fell for that. Um, <laughs> it's more than 40 hours. <laughs> we got hoodwinked, okay? And we fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. And so it's more than 40 hours. And then you try to have time to dedicate to your family. And then, you know, you're dedicating all that time to your work. You're bringing your work home. And then by the time the weekend comes, you know, if you are exhausted, that's not a good place to, to try to, to rest, mm-hmm. you know, because it, when you get to the point where you're exhausted and burned out, your body's got to fight now. Mm-hmm. It's exactly. trying to keep you alive. Oh, weekend. You're like, you, you, you right. can't even get out of bed because you're so exhausted. Exactly. Because exactly, you're so exhausted that now you're in survival mode. Okay. Now your body is forcing onto you what you would not do. And it's just, that's when I said, I had that long list of things to do. And I woke up and my body said, no. Okay. So that, you got to make those times where you are taking those moments to enjoy yourself while you feel good, not just when you're sick. When you're sick, you're not really at rest. Your immune system and all of your systems are on the inside doing a number, honey. They are working. That's how come after you're sick, the, the week after you can feel so tired and, ex- and exhausted. Your body's still working. This is like, we got to get it back right. We're trying to establish some equilibrium here. So when you are exhausted and drained and you're at a point where you have to rest um that's just not we're not trying to live from one exhausted moment to the next exhausted moment Mm. okay Mm -hmm. we're 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 not trying to live even from one self-care moment to the next self-care moment we're Mm -hmm. trying to establish wellness and that is what centering is about it's about okay i'm gonna take these 30 minutes every day and sit over here and read this book I'm just going to cut these lights off and listen to, I've started doing it in my office, just especially if I have a difficult session. All right, I'm about to put the sign on this door and I'm about to take a minute and sit over here and put some jazz on, dim these lights and just be for a minute. Because when you go all week long, y'all, and then you get to the weekend and then your mind is like, well, you got 50 things to do. And now you so drained. Like you say, you you wake up and it's Monday morning and you're like, what just happened? What just happened? Or you're going to sleep and you're waking up and you're feeling tired, feeling like a truck ran over you and you know you slept eight hours. That's not, you're not really resting. Exactly. Okay. And so, you know, I think centering is all goes as, as a part of that. And it's so important to do that on a regular basis, not when you just, you at your wit's end and you, now you ain't got no choice. Exactly. Yeah. No, I agree wholeheartedly. So, you know what? I got to say, I really, I have enjoyed every second of this conversation yes. today. And just for our listeners, this is like our first official episode that we're kicking yeah. off. And so, um, you know, we've had so many conversations around, okay, how are we going to do this? And, you know, what are we going to say? But, you know, at the end of the day, I think because we have so much lived experience and we've just seen so many uh, you know, Black women in particular struggle with some of these issues. I was like, you know what, this is going to come natural for us. So, you yeah. know, what? it feels good to finally, you know, get our foot in the door and say, okay, yeah. let's, 
kick off this first episode with this topic because I think a lot of Black women will be able to relate to what we're absolutely, talking about. absolutely. I think this was an important topic for the first episode because this is the foundation of everything. If we mm-hmm. come along and we start talking about all these different things and all of these, you know, um, because we're going to address a whole lot of external stuff and how to deal with uh, these different entities, but it all starts internally, you know, right. and so it all starts with you being in a good place, you being in a good place mentally and spiritually and not being uptight and angry. And, you know, some of us work ourselves to the point we can't take a joke. We, we, we're, we're, we're miserable. We, and it's hard to be around. And I, and it, it grieves me and breaks my heart when I see a sister like that, because it's like, I understand where she's coming from. You know what I mean? Like, and, and nobody wants to be (laughs) that way. And I want to tell a sis, if you just take some more breaks, you wouldn't be so hard to talk to in a conversation. You wouldn't be snapping off on people. Yeah. You know, your kids and your man are tiptoeing around you. They don't know what to say because you're so on edge. You know, your girlfriends don't know what to say to you um, because you're just so on edge and people start backing away. And, it, and it, it hurts me when I see it because it's like, if you were just really putting yourself first yes, and making sure that you are okay first, then you would be so much happier. And then some of these external things that come against you, you could deal with it in a whole different way. So yes, this this was an amazing, I think, such an important start uh, for the first episode because centering is everybody's job, it's everybody's responsibility to do. And not only that, um, it is up to us as sisters to make sure that we keep each other centered. Amen. That we remind, it's like when, when your slip is hanging, it's up to your sister to tell you, girl, hey, your slip hanging. So <laughs> it's the same. It's up to your sister to say, when the last time you took a break? Mm-hmm. Hey, when, when, you know, when, do you have to do that right now? I challenge my friends. They be mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> they love me to pieces though. And they challenge me, you know, just like you did. Um, I, I gotta, I, I'm so tired, but I gotta do this right now. Do you? You sure? What's going to happen if you leave them clothes right there in that basket for, for two more days? They clean. So what's going to happen if you don't fold them? Because you just told me you were tired. So explain to me, how is the world going to end if you don't fold that right now? Yeah, I guess you're right. I'm just going to go on and sit down. Go and do that then. Go sit down. <laughs> so I think that's an important part of, of sisterhood. That is important. an important part of womanhood is holding each other accountable for loving ourselves. making Because you wouldn't let you know, some man come into your sister's life and just drag her without saying anything, right? Then mm-hmm. you can't let your sister be stumping all over herself. You can't let your sister drag herself. You can't let your sister put herself last without at least saying something, tapping her on the shoulder. Same exactly. way you would if she had lipstick on her teeth, then you need to tap her and say, sis, you need to take a break. Yeah, been you been driving it. yourself hard, take a break. Accountability, Accountability is key. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, for all of our listeners, we hope you enjoyed this first episode. Um, You can subscribe on YouTube and then your favorite podcast platform, whatever you use, whether that be Spotify, Google Play, or whichever your preferred uh, podcast method is, we do have it uploaded to uh, various channels and you know what BJ I'm feeling good about it like I feel like you know what I, hopefully we get to actually interact with people too at some point and say hey is this helpful are you yeah. useful you know so we could just have that opportunity to connect with people and see like if this is truly making a difference which I really feel like it will I know it will I know it will and 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 absolutely even for our um YouTube fam for the for those that'll watch this on YouTube drop us a comment you know, hit that subscribe button, make sure you turn the yeah. notification on, but drop us a comment. Um, what have been your struggles? What has been your journey with centering yourself? Do you put yourself first? You know, mm-hmm. answer some of those questions. Let's get a, get a dialogue going. Even in the comment section, we will respond back. So, you know, this is just the beginning, y'all. We, we are so loaded. Oh, we so are full. ready. And I, I wish, I don't even, I don't want to give too much away. Okay. <laughs> we got topics for years, like not days on and on. Like, yes, we got to talk about this. Yeah. We are about to go there. So grab your sister by the hand and be like, girl, and y'all remember this, um, the healing process can hurt sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. right. 
talking about growth is a necessary process and it's not always fun. That's it. It's not. And and, and any good therapist will tell you, sometimes I'm going to make you mad. I tell my clients that all the time, but you are never going to be able to say I lied to you though. But I'm going to challenge your thinking. And and MJ comes from a DEI um, standpoint and it's not a pretty world all the time. No, so, I make people uncomfortable for a living. <laughs> like that's part of exactly. what I, I to challenge certain beliefs. So yeah, that's exactly. that's why we perfect duo. <laughs> and and exactly, and that is what we're here for. That is what we're bringing. So y'all just rock with us, roll with us, and I believe that um, through this, you know, spoken word, we're gonna tap into these unspoken issues, and collective healing is what's gonna take place. That's it. All right. See you all. All right. See y'all next time.